random times. But I think mm-hmm. what you were looking at was the time, the call time. And that's I how I that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we weren't in the call. I swear, if I don't hear this song today, I, I think my head going to explode. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to have to watch the video so I can get the full effect. Mm. I remember that video. At least. Yes. Was, you remember? yes. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> I don't always know. I'd be like, did you? You was about to try to play me. <laughs> I wasn't. Okay. I was just going to be like, is it? Come on, young I buck. Just, I was going to say, am I just old? Like, I'm just, cause I keep, you know, I was, it was a period in time when I would be making all these references and her and Oma was looking at me like I had a third eye in the middle of my head. Like what? Some of the that? references were super outdated. Mm. I was probably like zero years old. Okay. Don't. Okay. <laughs> uh oh. Well, friends. Hey, ladies, fellas, and friends. You are listening to another episode of Three Dope Wives with LaKendra Adesui, Adelise Jones, and Lamisha Dixon. With over 30 years of collective experience, we are here to give you an inside look at what marriage is really all about. Honey, we are airing out all the dirty laundry, spilling all the tea, and telling all the business. Are you looking for something really real? Then honey, pull up a chair and grab your favorite cup of something hot as we dish on all things marriage. Welcome to another episode of Three Dope Wives, the podcast that gives you the insight into the real married life. I am your girl, Kendra. I'm in the house with my homegirls, Lamisha and Adelise. How are y'all doing today, girl? Hey, hey, hey. we are good. I'm good. I'm good. Hanging in I'm there. Good. Yeah. What is new in life? Let me see. I, um... I'm turning 12 weeks tomorrow, 12 weeks pregnant. <gasps> You're coming out of your first trimester. That's I, am. So exciting. I, I have had a full week of being awake for the whole day. I'm so impressed. <laughs> mm. Yes, that's so exciting. So, so Good exciting. Tran- Ooh, Transition. It is. I'm excited. I'm trying to figure out when the fetus head and neck separate. Because right now they just got this one big old head neck. Oh, yeah, they look like a gummy bear. Yeah, look like a little alien, you (laughs) know, got a whole head neck. When his neck grows, you mean. When his neck grows. Is that what I'm saying? I'm like, when is it going to separate? When it starts elongating. (laughs) You, a girl, that's that's, that's why. I'm like, separate? You don't want the baby's neck to separate from the head. You're really going to have an alien baby. I've been needing people to help me. I've been needing people to help me. Not to separate. When it elongates. Yes. When when does the neck grow? That, that, Okay child my life I feel like I feel like I don't remember my seeing a sonogram where I was like oh my baby's neck grew I feel like it always kind of looked like it's just like stumped on top yeah like and I feel like because they don't have room to be like elongate the neck you know like they (laughs) crunched up anyway so I don't know if you'll see that the baby's neck elongates until he come out I, no, no, no. I think I saw I saw the baby had a head and a neck. When I had twins, <laughs> I they had know. they had heads and necks. Um, this baby has not gotten to that point where he has a head and a neck. It's he just got one big yeah. head, one big head, and then a torso. So I just got to <laughs> figure out. I think I think as things start to become individual, like the fingers become individual, right. then you know the neck, like you know, once the stuff individualizes the toes become you know something that you can see then maybe the neck I'm like at least I never looked for a neck like oh my baby neck right. I never looked for the neck I was just yeah. like my baby's alive to... kicking and heartbeat going yes, well. yes. Awesome. it's a baby in there he alive, uh-huh. he alive. Okay. Baby alive. Get, I'm sitting up here what you silly I'm <laughs> watching I'm, I'm you know there's these apps that tell you every week like mm-hmm. what's developing and all this kind of thing like last week it was all about like him getting his teeth buds in I was like wow they develop so little yes. and then like this coming week his intestines will move out of the umbilical cord into his body Mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't even know the 
the intestines was in the umbilical cord. <laughs> Shut up. The body is amazing. Yep, it's so crazy. Nova at 20 weeks, um, that process looked as if it wasn't complete. And so when I went in for a sonogram, it looked like his intestines were sticking out of his stomach. And so there's a medical terminology for it. And so if he, if they didn't fully go back in, he was going to have to get a surgery as soon as he was born to put his intestines back in because his intestines would be pretty much in a bubble outside of his stomach, which apparently is common Mm -hmm. but um he was just late and they ended up going back in but that 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 following like two weeks where i had to wait for another sonogram to see if his his intestines went back in were horrifying i was like oh my gosh my baby's gonna be born with his intestines out his stomach oh yeah thanks now i have something to worry about thanks (laughs) to worry about he's good it happens but every baby develops differently and so I was looking at that app too, different apps to show how they develop. And so yeah. I, doing that was good and bad. Sometimes I would freak out because I'd be like, oh, but I don't, I don't feel this or I don't see this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it's a good and bad thing. I just want him to look like a regular <laughs> baby with a head and a neck. <laughs> Listen, the neck is coming. The neck it is, is coming. It is. It a is. Long so, yeah. Long, hopefully not too long. Hopefully not like. Giraffe man. neck, man. Not like where who who's the baby daddy neck? Like what's this? Where this neck come from? <laughs> My husband ain't got no long neck. His neck is short. Right, your husband asking questions like, "Milk man have a long neck?" Because right, I don't know. I think the question would be to the uh, fertility clinic, like whose sperm y'all use? Right. To, <laughs> this long this neck baby. baby? There have been there was a there was a case where um doctors, I think it was in New York, implanted the wrong uh embryo uh, into a woman. No, oh it was God. not their embryo. It was like another couple's embryo. So she went through an entire pregnancy and did not find out until after they delivered this baby that that baby was not her baby. Because the baby was black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the baby was white. They were Asian couple. They were oh, but Asian. the baby had no Asian features? No, the baby came out like, you know, he was fresh from, you know, the Netherlands or Ireland or somewhere oh. like that. Red like, hair, blonde eyes. blue, just, yes, <laughs> like, whose baby is this? This is clearly not an Asian child. So, yeah, that was that. They That was a devastation. Oh, my God. Mm. So, when you Wouldn't carry- that be a trip? I went to you the hospital and my baby, baby was white. Like, you're developing a bond with this baby and then the yeah. baby comes out. So what do you do? You, uh, oh my God, I don't, I can't imagine. Excuse me, know. ma'am. Is this your baby? I'm your baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you push and then you hold the baby like, oh, he's so, wait a minute. This is not my baby. <laughs> Ma'am, please get your baby. Oh, I hate to. Okay, okay, I'm laughing now, but I'm sure at the time it was devastating for that couple. Yes. That's crazy. Devastate. Baby shower, everything. They just broke. Right. Right. That is so crazy. No, the bad part is now you got to get your own baby and go back through the whole process again. 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 No, the problem was they mm -hmm. couldn't find their embryos. Oh, no. Now somebody's packing around. Girl, that law—that was a real lawsuit. But the emotional damage, and the time they lost, and the fact that she carried somebody else's baby and then had to give that baby to the rightful mother, who child? She was a surrogate at that point. She was and didn't even an unintentional surrogate. I'm trying to have a baby, and I gotta give a baby to you. That that. No, I'm not giving you no baby unless you can give me a baby. It's same time, man. Same time. It's an even exchange. An even exchange. <laughs> well, that 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 was unfortunate for that couple, and I hope that they have recovered. This, I think, this story has been some years ago, so hopefully they're doing well now. But today we're not talking about babies, even though I'm having a baby. Uh, <laughs> we are going to be talking today about the power of words, um, because the way that we speak to our spouses can have an immediate impact on setting the tone in our marriages. Um, I know that you all may have heard that the husband's ego ego is fragile. And Mm. I have found in my own marriage relationship for this to be facts. (laughs) 
Hashtag facts. Facts. Yeah. So um, if you are a new wife, you are a seasoned wife, I hope that either this is a lesson you are learning or a lesson that you have learned. If not, you are going to enjoy this discussion. So ladies, uh, let's dive in on how our words can build or destroy our husbands. So I just want to pose this question out to you. Um, how do you believe that our words... Um, or do you believe that our words hold a significant level of power where husbands are concerned? Yes, I think so. I think, you know, our words can build a man up or they can tear him down. I mean, you talking about having a man, a husband that is thriving or one that's just surviving, honestly. Yeah. Like if you are the only source or the main source of their um, extended self-esteem or um, where they go there, the place they can go to and be vulnerable about, you know, what they need, what they don't need, what they like or dislike, what they're trying to do, bounce things off of you. If you are their main source of that, then mm-hmm. you can lift or you can push down a man um, based on what you say. Yeah. Those ab- words. Absolutely. I think going off what you said, Misha, just the, a man's self-esteem and what you said it before also Kendra is there is fragile, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, going, playing back off of what both of you guys just said, I think it's either you affirm them or you make them question themselves. And when they question themselves, they question you and they question their marriage. And then it goes back down to some of the things we talked about in previous episodes of just the effects of different, um, negative I guess, um, words or affirmation that you're giving will go and play a part in infidelity and emotional void resentment and so forth. And so I think words has a huge part, um, in doing that, um, in your marriage for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you think about, um, how, how people create affirmations for themselves, right? Like, Every day, stand in the mirror and say, I am amazing. I am beautiful. I can conquer all things, yada, yada. And you basically sort of feed your uh, your spirit these words. You have to think mm. of those words as spiritual food to right. your husband. So I know, um, I know our pastor always talks about being your husband's biggest cheerleader, cheerleader. right? Yep. So it's mm-hmm. all about cheering him on, making him feel like he's amazing even if he's not because right on the on the on the one hand you can tear him down but on the other end you can really pump him up and I feel like women we do this so well right because we are good at gassing each other up right uh-huh and if we could just apply those principles to our husbands I mean how much how much more awesome how much how much greater do you think he can be like for example sex right sex is always going to be a topic and it's ingrained in pretty much everything concerning marriage right pretty much right and so when you talk about sex one thing I was caution new couples in is um criticizing your husband's sex game right that in my mm-hmm. mind is the it is like the epitomous no okay I have a question it. can I pause you so I have a yeah. question because I know I have, I have some friends that struggle in this area. So not what, what happens if you're in a situation and let's just say your, your significant other is not pleasing you the way you would like to be pleased. It doesn't have anything to do with comparing, um, how you used to have sex with an, an, an ex-husband or an ex-boyfriend or what have you. It's you not, so not. comparing. <laughs> it's, it's, I guess what, what you find pleasing and this and your husband's not giving it to you is it okay or will it build or will it tear them down if you have a conversation about it so let's just say hey honey um you know i really would like to step up our sex game um i like when you do xyz it makes me feel xyz versus um not having that conversation at all and just being unpleased every single time you have sex. Well, so just to be clear, I'm not saying that, you know, not to have open dialogue with your spouse if sex is not meeting your expectation. 
What I am saying is you don't ever want to bash him in that area, right? You don't ever want to make him feel like you suck at sex. small or, yeah, or insignificant. Any, right? <laughs> You're horrible. Like, you know, there are ways to have constructive conversation like, hey, honey, I would really love it if we tried this or that, right? But, for example, some people use that as an insult in the midst of anger or frustration. And so then they attack their husband in that area. And you cannot undo that once it's done. You tell them, oh, with your little teeny weeny, you know, Uh oh, you just, you just, that was a, that was, that was a death blow. And in the words of Mortal Kombat, you just finished him. Like, seriously, you, you can't, yeah, you can't even last five minutes. Oh my God. Like that. Yeah. All bad. Or, you know what? I wish I should have stayed with Tyrone because Tyrone used to bend it back like I like it. All of that is definitely um destroying to your marriage so just to make it clear on on what i'm saying i'm talking about bashing him versus encouraging him right yes and that's that's definitely something that's definitely a very sensitive fragile area for men is sex and how they doing it if they do it well if they have enough to do enough of what they have to do what they need to do. There are definitely words you can say <laughs> at heated times that can mess them up mm-hmm. um, with that. Yeah. Um, something else might be like their intelligence. Like if they say something about finances, so <laughs> if they say something about finances or if they say something, you know, about the political, look, the political climate right now is kind of bananas. You know, if they say something about that and you just watch CNN and what they said was wrong, you know, you can, you know, make them feel not smart. You can question their intelligence or their knowledge. You know, that's something else. That's another way that you can use words to mess up. I got to get better at that. I got to get better at that. And I will I will be have a vulnerable moment. So there's times. So my husband's from Louisiana and there's times where he'll say something and either I don't understand what he's saying or he'll say it completely wrong or he'll use a word out of context. And I'm just looking at him like, you sound stupid. And I'll say that to mm-hmm. him and we'll joke about it. Like, I'm I'm so grateful that my husband has a sense of humor. So where he those things don't really bother him. But inside, I'm sure it does kind of annoy him like, oh, she's saying I'm stupid, you know, but mm-hmm. I have to do better at that because I'm sure it where where I'm thinking it's a joke or we're laughing about it. It's probably doing some kind of damage to him inside to his ego for sure. So that's my vulnerable moment, y'all. Yeah, definitely something <laughs> to improve on because you don't want to, you know, I think it's something it's something for a man to feel like his wife believes in him. Right. And when you downplay a man's intelligence or you know make him feel ignorant or small you you diminish his confidence right Mm -hmm. so then Mm -hmm. he may not necessarily feel like I can fully express myself to my wife because she thinks I'm an idiot you know right right I can um you know, you know, she, I might start a project, but I won't tell her about it until it's basically complete because she's going to criticize me along the way. Right. And and that creates a void in most relationships, right? Like to, if I yeah. found out my husband had done like a whole thing and never told me until it was already done, I would be like, dang, why you didn't let me know you was doing thus and so. And if he, if his turnaround is, well, I mean, I, I, I didn't want to be talked out of it or I didn't want to be criticized in it um that would be a huge red flag to me because also that means that I've created a disconnect between me and my spouse that also means that I've just created space for someone else right so that wedge is open Mm -hmm. yep um and I definitely don't need Cindy at the job telling him he's amazing and incredible and so smart And then he comes home to me and he feels inferior and defeated and small. Absolutely. But what I want to raise a question. So 
Um, so just for people who are listening, who think, oh, I don't say anything like that to make my husband feel like he's not smart. Like, what are some of the things, some of the words or phrases that you can say that you might not even think can impact, you know, the way your, your husband's ego in that way? Um, for instance, if he's talking about financing and he's like, oh, well, I think, um, the interest rate, you know, a a 5% interest rate is a good rate. And you like, no, it's not a good rate. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. What are some other ways and things that you can say or challenge your husband that can, with words, that could tear him down without you even knowing? Any instances that you can think of? I know, Adelise, you talked about. I think, about- and I think, uh, like you, like you kind of just mentioned, like kind of um, going back and forth or like having a debate about, you know, like you said, finances, like, no, that's not a good um, interest rate. Oh, well, well, how do you know? Or have you done research? Even sometimes challenging the, if you don't frame it correctly can come off as one disrespectful to a man, which then he no longer feels like he has control of over his household, which is an ego booster or ego breaker as well. Um, or it could, it could just lead to conflict because you're challenging and, and coming from a biblical standpoint, he is leading the household. And so it, then it comes off as, as if you're not trusting him to lead the household. So I think small things just by just, uh, just a conversation challenging him, if it's not worded correctly, can definitely tear it down. Yeah. And then to just to add to that, bringing him the paper, like, nah, 5% sucks. 2% is better. (laughs) Right. Bringing him what paper? What if I just highlight it? And bring it and sit it on his desk and say to to prove him wrong. It was just not worth it. That (laughs) is the insult of insults right there. Like in case you thought you knew something, circle, underline, (laughs) highlight. This is what it should be, right? I I think it's always about um, not shutting them totally down, right? And saying it and framing it differently. Like, I think a, a better way to say that would be really, honey, 5%, you know, cause I, I saw some rates that were like, you know, two and 3% actually, if you, I mean, if you wanted to take a look at it and then that opens up the conversation to, yeah, maybe well, he didn't maybe truly he didn't see the, maybe he didn't other, see it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, yeah. So that's the whole point is to open it up so that it becomes a dialogue versus a one upmanship. Right. Cause the, to, it's important for us to remember that our goal is to be on the same team with our spouse, right? And so anytime we come at them opposing, we're not really working together as a team. Right. 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 So I think that's the part. But let's 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 dive, I guess, more into that. Okay. Yeah, because this is it. There are different ways that you can tear down. So I want us to talk really just about how are we tearing down. Um, and I think we, yeah, I think we talked about it. I mean, the ones that we talked about really were, um, bringing up the comparison to old lovers, <laughs> man, I can't say Oof. that enough. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Listen, if that ain't your husband, you ain't talking about him. If that ain't your husband, his name is not on your lips. Okay. If that mm. ain't your husband, you forgot him at the altar when you said I do. Okay. Um, mm. all of that. If that ain't your husband. <laughs> What he did or or experiences that you had before with him, you mm-hmm. never had. You never had it. It's obsolete. It don't matter. Don't nobody care but your past self. Okay? If right. if he ain't your husband, you're not supposed to have encounters with him again. So just forget about him. Okay? Forget <laughs> about Tyrone. Tyrone For is real. gone. And you with the man you with right now, unless his name is Tyrone. Now forget <laughs> me. <But> listen. <laughs> If, but listen to this, when it comes to sex, when you're talking about other men or what you like, being careful with that as well when it comes to the words. Because if I say, hey, you know what, I really like it when this happens, or if I, if you do this, then it'll make me do this, right? Um, how, how, how do you know that that's what you really like? Because I ain't never did that before. <laughs> you know like, what? I think you gotta, I think here's the thing. As I ain't never taken your elbow. No. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I think as wives, we have to learn how to speak in a way that our husbands can receive what it is that we're trying to explain to them. So, 
Um, I think presenting it like a new thing that we're doing together, like, hey, honey, would you, what do you think about trying this? I ain't got to say where it came from, who did it, what it did to me uh, for you to know that you ain't never did it. And then for you to start questioning whether or not somebody else did it so, or did it better. So you choose your words wisely. Choose your words very carefully. Power of words. Very carefully. <laughs> yes. Honey, let's try this. I, I, I think I might like it, but let's see. Even though and I you know. know choosing the power, the choosing the correct words and, and knowing the power of words, that takes a lot of, um, you have to be intentional and you have to be um, aware. Because I feel like if I were in, let's just say, in a space, in a negative space, or I wake up moody, or my emotions are just, my hormones are kicking. And it depends on the season, the time, the, what's going on, right? I feel like it's easy to not be aware of your words because mm -hmm. I'm not feeling it or I'm in a bad mood or you just piss me off or so we yeah. fly off the handle, right? So I think it's 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 hard. It's It's definitely something that we need to be aware of and we need to know that the power of words does have an impact on our marriage, mm -hmm. but it takes time and it takes work to, to get there consistently? Um, I think yes, but I also have um, a counter thought, just this. Mm -hmm. We are so mindful when it comes to business, right? We're so mindful when it comes to what we're doing, where our job is concerned, right? Um, if my boss called me, and this is so funny, my husband actually got a phone call from like the doctor's office early in the morning. When I tell you this man answered the phone like he had never been asleep, I was like <laughs> impressed. Like, hello, yes, absolutely, okay. I, I was like, how you roll over? You ain't got a frog in your throat, nothing. You appear like you just was waiting and expecting this call, this call. and just turned it on immediately. Mm -hmm. We have that ability. If you can do that fresh up out your sleep for um, a business call, why why is it I hard think the relationship for us? is different this is the thing it's more important than everything else so if it's more important You're than right. everything else i have to think that like this is the person that i have to wake up with every day until until the sun sets on us all, okay? Maybe it's because you don't know that doctor's flaws. You don't know that doctor, the things that that doctor does to low-key piss you off. Like, you don't know none of those things, and you do know those about your spouse. So I think that's what makes it harder is that there's little things about our spouse. I mean, because if I'm honestly 100% honest, I don't love every single thing about my spouse. There are Preach. things where I'm just like, <laughs> really? But is it a deal breaker? No. But right. I'm just looking like, bruh, you right. know, right. So right. there you don't know everything about that professional relationship that you have. Do you come up and show up for that relationship? Yeah, you do. Because either one, you got a paycheck or that's just that's just the relationship you have. But you're not invested knee deep into a relationship where, you know, the ugly, the good, the bad and everything. So with well, our spouse, you know, we know that. So it's I'm harder. Well, let me just say this. If you don't know that, why would you give them your best? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, if because you there's know, a, if there's a motive behind it. So for, for my employer, it's I have to be a professional relationship because I'm getting it. This is my paycheck. OK, this but aren't you isn't there something that you get from your spouse as well? That's well, yeah. more valuable. Right? Absolutely. Isn't but the relationship is closer. The relationship is closer, which means that it's actually um, my employer don't more, owe me nothing. Besides they, my paycheck, as long as I do my job, if they don't owe me nothing. And so this is something I learned from a friend of mine who is African, who was telling me. And I said this, I was like, you know, uh, she said, why? she said this to me. I was talking to about like how I speak to a sibling or something just to just to mirror close relationship. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I would never talk to my sister like that. And I looked at her and I was like, but that's your sister. Right. Because like she's known you since her whole life. Right. Like right. y'all know each other. Y'all should be able to talk to each other unfiltered and she was like no but that's my sister that's why I would never talk to her like that because she's my sister and so that said something to me because I was like okay if you open your eyes and you go oh no but that's my husband I should never talk to my husband like that 
regardless. I'm respecting the position that he has in my life. It's as if we respect the position that outsiders have in our lives more than we respect the position that our spouses have in our life. I should open my eyes and say, this is my husband. This is my my lover, my provider, my protector. This is the father of my children. This is someone very important. I should not want to lose my temper with him because we're close, because it would hurt him, right? And thus possibly damage this very important relationship. Employer relationships, I can peace out. It's, a, it's about comfort, right? You get so comfortable with your spouse, with your sister, like your example, with yeah. your cousins, with your kids that you don't put on for them anymore, yeah. right? And so you put on for the doctor, you put on for your employer, you put on for the maintenance man, you put on for everybody in your life that mm-hmm. doesn't, that you don't have that comfort level with, right? But if you are comfortable, if you are comfortable with somebody, that doesn't mean they don't deserve you to put on for them, right? That is who we should put on for, right? I'm comfortable yeah. with you. You accept me for who I am. You know all of my flaws. And so I shouldn't punish you by speaking to you with no respect. I shouldn't punish you by not putting on for you, right? Yeah. You you deserve for me to say, okay, this is my husband walking the room. Let me get my whole life together and greet him in a way that is respectful and loving and deserving of his title, you know, kind of to speak to what you said, LaKendra. And so I think it's the fact that, like you said, we get comfortable, you know, this person knows our flaws. They know Mm -hmm. our ins and outs. I know their flaws and I know their ins and outs. Yeah. But if you can lie, because that's what we do when we put on, if you can lie to your doctor, if you can lie to your your employer, if you can code switch, you know, mm-hmm. everywhere mm-hmm. else, then mm-hmm. for where it matters, then code switch then. Because you know what? When, if I speak with my, to my husband, hey baby, when he comes in the room, even though I'm feeling like, here you come. And I know what you're right. going to do. Right, <laughs> then, right, <laughs> Then it is going to change the, the trajectory of the next conversation or the yeah. next ask or the next, you know, opportunity for us to get close or get intimate, right? Yeah. And so if I can change the trajectory of the evening by putting on yeah. for my spouse, mm-hmm. you know, then it's going to benefit me more mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally than yeah. it would, you know, putting on for my boss. Girl, you just took us to church. Mm-hmm. That was good. Yeah, I think, absolutely. And I think that I think in a nutshell, basically, that's what I was saying. What everything Misha said. <laughs> <laughs> we here, girl. We here. We right. Here. Yeah, absolutely. And that I, I, and I, even though it's something I know, it's not something I perfected. So I just want to be 100 percent honest and open with that. Like, it's not something I perfected. I think even just yesterday, I, I was a little stank attitude. So I was just like, what? What? What mm. did you want? He walked in a room like, hey, honey. And I was like, what? What is it that you come for? (laughs) You know, and I could I I think it was, you know, the distraction of I'm focused on this and now you're interrupting my focus. And instead of me shifting to say, oh, this is my husband. Hey, honey, what's up? I was like, what? Like, I'm in the middle of something. So so (laughs) so in in a human way. Right. It takes practice consistency and growth in that area it's not Mm -hmm. something I'm not gonna say you're gonna be perfect and and I'm not I don't want any woman to feel like you know because she hasn't that she's horrible wife you know don't feel that way um all of us are working toward getting better you know so I just want to put that out there I think this um how do we make that change how do we make that shift how do we how do we come out of this spiral of um, I want to say bad behavior for lack of a better term, where yes. it comes to, you know, engaging our spouses negatively. Um, because that, I honestly feel like it starts in your own mind with what you genuinely think about that man. Right. Mm. Um, so, and, and, and we talked earlier about affirmation. We are all Christian believers. And I, I, I do believe in the power of the spoken word, which is exactly what we're talking about. So 
We learn in the Christian faith that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. How do you hear it? You hear things when things happen out loud audibly, which is why affirmations are so important, right? Because you need to say it out loud so that you could hear it so that it could be affirmed within your heart, right? So if we apply that same principle to our marriage relationship, how I speak about my husband when he is not around affirms whatever it is that I'm thinking on the inside of me, right? So that's whatever I say to my mama them, whatever I say to my homegirls that irritates me. And the more I talk about that in a negative way um, that doesn't yield a solution, the more I affirm that thought and that negative the, thought, absolutely. That negative thought and the worse I become. Mm-hmm. Mm. The more disgusted with them you become, the more however you feel, you just you're just fueling that fire when you're talking yeah. about stuff like that. Absolutely. Totally agree. Yeah. yeah. And those same words that you speak to the people um, outside of your home about your spouse, you're saying those things to yourself as well. You're saying those things yes. in your head repeatedly. If you keep saying in your head, um, my husband is this, my husband is that, my husband is this, you say it out loud. You have to remember that in renewing of our mind, renewing of our brain cells, you just keep renewing that same thought, yep. you know, and then it becomes, your thoughts becomes, becomes action and you are start treating your spouse Absolutely. as if they're not smart. You know, you start treating your spouse as if they're not good in bed. You start, you know, like, hold on, here we go. Let me go on, toot it up. He got two, two <laughs> minutes here, two pumps over there. Right. Hit, smack it, and he done. And we done. Right. If you start, you know, having that mindset, then you start, that starts, you know, fueling your actions. Yeah, absolutely. I like to think words as being like seeds. So when you plant the seed, you can either, so you're planting the seed or quote unquote words in your husband. So you can either bring a flower as you water that seed, or you can yield weeds, which nobody likes to have weeds in their garden or in their grass. Uh, Right. And so those things can either affirm or break you down. And so I like, I I like that analogy because it, it just kind of frames up on how powerful our words are can be. We can have a beautiful flower. We can have some nasty weeds. Yeah. Yes, that's so I true. A, that's so true. I had a pastor once talk about uh, stinking thinking. <laughs> um, and, I, and, I, and I think it applies here because what you don't want to do is to recontaminate your mind, right? You're, you're having a stinky thought, so to speak, about your husband and then you recontaminate by speaking that stinky thought over and over and over again in a negative light. I will say, though, that it is helpful to have constructive conversation with people who are there for your marriage. So it's really important to be careful of who you discuss your marital issue with right mm-hmm. i'm not saying sit at home and implode right because you you over here frustrated yeah. and then oh they're talking about don't talk about it so now i gotta sit over here and see from the inside out and can't talk about it no 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 one's saying that what i'm saying is that you have to have the correct container for constructive criticism and advisement and someone that's going to hold you accountable because you may yes. think that you go into your girlfriend talking about, let me tell you what so-and-so did to piss me off today. That person might not tell you, no girl, but what you did was wrong or you could have handled this better or you, what, what you did in this certain part of this conflict is wrong. You know what I mean? Your girlfriend if they're not for you and for your marriage, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, girl, like you totally should leave him for that. Like you should, you know, like they're going to just fuel you and gas yep. you up. Yeah. So if you don't have someone that is for your marriage and that also has a reflection on not only the same values that you want for your marriage and they are with their marriage or wherever they stand in life, yeah. then you're going to have that different view. And it can de- definitely be something that will tear your marriage down versus build it up. Yeah. Yes. What are your thoughts, Lamisha? Um, I feel the same way. I, I agree. You know, you have to have the right, you have to be saying the right words and receiving the right words 
from a community of people or another couple that will help, you know, pour good things into your marriage, pour good things into you, give you words of affirmation about your marriage and words about like, no, you have a good marriage. This is just right. an issue. You, yes. Your husband does love you. This is, a, you do love your, he is attracted to you. You know, those kinds of things. You have to have somebody who will speak those words into your marriage. I mean, going back to the wonderful analogy that Adelie said about the seeds, who yeah. will, who will plant those seeds um, mm-hmm. and words into your marriage the same way. And then you can take that back to your husband so that you can have that good conversation. You can have, you know, those good seeds planted in you yeah. so that yep. when you have that conversation with your husband, you are watering those seeds and you are putting that mm-hmm. back into him and yeah. affirming him and affirming that, no, this is just a small issue. This is just yep. something that, you know, we can work out. We had a, a previous um, um, episode um, we we're talking about, you know, saying the right, you know, saying not just saying the right things, but, you know, doing the right things with your spouse and making sure that, you know, you, you're bringing things to the table in a constructive way. You know, if you can, if you can do that and have, have the right seed planted, then it could help your marriage. Absolutely. You can grow your marriage. I think we all definitely need, if you're in a marriage, I definitely recommend having Um, either like a marriage mentor couple that walks with you or someone that can hold you accountable. Cause I know for me, like there has been times where in conflict uh, resolution has completely failed in my marriage at some point or another. And I'm thinking that I'm right, but at the end of the day, my emotions are so heightened that I'm totally in the wrong. And so when I reach out to my accountability partner, they're like, no, you're like, you're wrong. And this is what you did. And so coming from a, hearing a different perspective, it just kind of helps me be like, oh, well, maybe I did do that wrong. Or maybe I did say something. So mm-hmm. now I'm more willing to go back to my husband and apologize mm-hmm. and be vulnerable and say, you know, this is, I did, I was wrong. I was absolutely wrong. And so my words are now affecting him and saying, oh, like she's being accountable for the way she said that that to me or the things that she said to me um, versus being me being like, no, I you did this. So this is why I said this to piss you off. And now we're both pissed off and I didn't do anything wrong because you're the one that started it. That's not me being held accountable for for my part, you know, so. Yeah, here's a key indicator, just if, in case anybody is wondering, right? Because they're, I mean, everybody wants to believe that they've got the right friend, they've got the right accountability partner, they've got the right one to confide in and to talk to. One key indicator is this if you have a conversation with this individual and you are never wrong, mm-hmm. they are, they are not advocates for your marriage. So you can have friends who are there for you who care less about your husband. So, you know, just know if you are never, ever, ever, ever wrong, if they don't ever have any counter advice for you, if you're just, "Uh uh-huh, girl, yeah, no, I would leave him too. I wouldn't talk to, listen, I would be just, they're not for you. They are not for your marriage. I would say they're not for your marriage. They might be your home girl, but they are not good for marital advice so you have to be very careful in that so I want to talk about communication because um, most everything is going to boil down to communication and to um, how we handle our issues Um, you know one thing I would say is whenever we're dealing with any kind of issue with our spouse regardless of the words that we select we have to be careful of position placement and time Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. are we that we're having this conversation right is it happening in public or is it happening in private um Mm. if it's if it's a mediation you know hopefully you with some accountability folks and they're helping y'all hash through some things but always i would say have these conversations privately um, and within the confines of um, your marriage in a safe, communicative environment, right, where you've got your parameters together, you've decided this is how we're going to discuss. This is going to be our safe word for when we both have hit our emotional peak. <laughs> um, and this is how we hope to walk away from it, right? Like at the end of the day, we're on the same team. At the end of the day, we love one another. And at the end of the day, we want what's best for each other, right? Um, so 
the, I guess that's that's my little two cents. Yes, I, but that's true. That's so true. If you're going to first carefully think, you know, if there's something that you have to say, if there's an issue, if you if your husband has said something or done something, you know, that messes up your mind, you know, and you have to say and you're like, oh, I know he didn't before you come to him with that. I know he didn't attitude. Take a beat. Take a minute and make sure you're in the right place, the right setting you know, to have a conversation because then it makes you choose your words more carefully. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you've taken a moment to say, let me take, let me step back for a minute and take a breather. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about this. Let's talk about this when we get home. Yeah. Let's talk about this when we get to the car, you know, give yourself an opportunity so that, you know, not only give yourself the opportunity, but give your spouse the benefit of the doubt. And say, maybe they didn't know that those words hurt me. So let me be careful in choosing words not to hurt them. Let yeah. me, maybe he didn't understand that what he said, you know, making me the butt of the joke, you know, hurt my feelings. So let me be careful in not hurting his feelings so that we don't get into a cycle of hurting each other. Mm. Right. Be careful. Being careful with your words, being thoughtful with your words. And take an opportunity to take a beat and remember who you're talking to. Remember, this is my husband. Remember, this is somebody who cares for me, protects me, provides for me, um, you know, is my only source of, you know, sex, is my only resource for intimacy. You know what I'm saying? If you take a beat and remember those things, then you can say, let me choose words that will not tear down and destroy. Let me choose words that will propel us forward. Mm -hmm. So that Mm -hmm. he won't hurt my feelings anymore, that he won't do that anymore. He won't say that anymore. Right. Um, And we can move on in a productive way. Yeah. So as we're talking resolution, um, you know, basically we're saying if you're coming into because this is what you want at the end of the day, you want to reach a positive resolution. Right. And in order to reach resolution, you have to be accountable for the words that you speak. Right. Mm -hmm. And that takes some maturation in some cases, right? Because not everybody knows how to reel in their emotions and to button that lip because you used to popping off, right? Mm, right. Um, just, uh, just don't pop off, (laughs) right? Just, if if you make that your one rule, (laughs) if if you just sit there, do some self-talk and just say self, don't pop off self, self. pop off okay or have a code word. like have a or even if you start developing you know a code word or healthy boundaries um to know okay this is this is a trigger for me and i'm gonna throw out my code word to let you know that i need space or that i need a moment or that you're you hit below the belt and you know like have implement that code word too yes Especially for public settings. So, like, to Lamisha's example, if you make me the butt of the joke, I'm only going to laugh so many times. Because mm-hmm. now I'm going to feel like you're against me. And we're supposed to be on the same team, right? Um, what I would expect is that whoever's shooting a joke at me, that you turn it around on them because you're supposed to come to my aid because you're my husband, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yo, are you talking about my wife? <laughs> Let's not talk about your wife. That's what I expect. Right. <laughs> you your know? wife ain't got no teeth. I need you to hit below the belt on my behalf. Right, right, right. (laughs) I need you to come full throttle so I can be like, yes, sir. Yes. (laughs) You got me. I really love that idea, Adelise. I love the idea about a cold word because when you are feeling away and y'all are in company, (laughs) you 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 need a safe way to say, I'm about to pop off. If you yes. can't, you know, you, you can't baking. control yourself. If you send a prick going self, don't pop off. But the pop off is like, Mwah! it's about to happen. Like pineapple, right. pineapple, pineapple. <laughs> chili cheese fries, chili cheese fries, chili cheese, <laughs> chili cheese fries, chili cheese fries. If you got to, you, you know, got to know. <laughs> or a phrase that's like undetectable. Like, you know, honey, I was thinking about getting a pedicure. Oh, oh shit, she bad in a mofo. Right? Oh, she didn't brought up the bed. He started rocking. Oh, she, she didn't brought up the bed. I get in this car. Yeah, really, really casually, like, why your wife all of a sudden talking about a pedicure? Yeah, it's time for me to shut up. Yeah, that's right. what that thing. So I think it's time to go. <laughs> yes, yes. So it's key to know your emotional limits, um, and to to work on expanding them, right? 
Um, and I, I, I know that some of us in our young 20s had, you know, less emotional intelligence and emotional control and were more apt to lose our cool. Mm-hmm. But as you grow and as you find yourself in varying situations and circles and, you know, um, things like this, you realize I, you know, at the company dinner is not the time to lose my cool. Mm. So it's, go ahead. It's not the time to go in on my spouse. It's not the time to, to show off, you know, that I can, I can manage the way he talked to me or I run this or I got this is not the time to use, you know, those kinds of words and phrases, you know, it's, it, it just ain't the time. No, it's not, not, maybe not a good look in front of his boss. Maybe not. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe I not. Think just something important that we, we kind of have to make ourselves aware of is once we say something, once those words come out our mouth, it can never be unsaid. Like we can't take that back. Mm-mm. Yes, you can apologize all day, yep. but it's said, it's hurtful, and the person knows that that is exactly how, how you, you feel. feel. Yeah, yes. yeah, yes. and words live on. Words live on. I, I um, I think you know when you're when you're new in marriage, you don't realize how long words can live, but words can live for the duration of your marriage. Um, you can say something in the very first year of marriage that can be a point of pain to your spouse for the remainder of your marriage. You tell that man he can't hit it right. That can be a point in year one, honey, in year 21, he's still going to be having some insecurity and trying to work through that pain that you cause. So you got to be really conscious of the lingering effects of hurtful words that they go so far beyond that moment. So like Adelie said, you Mm -hmm. know, you can't unsay it. You can't ever. So it's best not to say it than to try to apologize for it. There's this adage that goes, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. And I would say in marriage, it's the opposite. It is better to ask for permission than forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Yes, because I would much prefer sticks and stones yeah. <laughs> then then for you well first off don't put your hands on me but Please don't. I mean <laughs> you know the old saying sticks and stones might break my bones but words will never hurt me that lies. is that is lies when it comes to marriage that is lies uh-huh. when it comes to marriage you know you don't want sticks and stones don't touch me don't hurt me physically you don't want that definitely not saying that that is okay but mm-hmm. words can hurt they words can hurt, hurt me they mm-hmm. can build resentment you can hold on to that I remember just to kind of be transparent, my husband, when we got married, I was walking down the aisle and I remember looking at my husband and he had tears in his eyes. Right. And I was like, Oh my God, that's so sweet. You know, he's emotionally affected. Right. And so like two years into our marriage, we were talking about it, like around our anniversary. And I was like, you know, when I was walking down the aisle, you were crying. I knew you was in love with me. He was like, man, I was just thinking like, am I making a mistake? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> oh, like, what I'm supposed to be doing? Oh. And you was like, what? I'm over here thinking it's cute tears. And you mean to tell me you was, was rethinking? Listen. Did you wonder if you're making the worst mistake I was like, in your life? Of your life, sir. What? Why did you tell me that? Like, I could not get rid of that. I could not get rid of that. And literally, for me, because this is what we do when people put hurtful, you know, say hurtful words or don't even understand what they've done to us. Those words are like cancer, and they get inside your body, and they get inside your mind, and your heart, and your spirit, and your soul, and they spread like cancer. And five years after he said that to me, here we are in year seven. And what he said voided the fact that he was sure that I was the one for me. So seven years later, because I left it at that and was like, what? And just left it at that. Seven years later, I was in my marriage, like, I mean, trying to prove that I'm the one. Because Mm. before when I was coming down the aisle, he was saying that 
he didn't know if I was. And so I was walking around trying to prove that I was a one, overextending myself, doing too much, building resentment, dying from cancer on the inside because of these words, these cancerous words that he had planted in me. And I didn't stop to say, you know what, we need to have a real conversation because what you said hurt me and it has had lingering effects and I cannot get rid of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and we had to have that conversation. And honestly, there is no way that he can fix that. Mm. Those words still exist. We are 15 years in and those words still exist. Now, yeah. he has done things to counter those words. He has reproposed to me. He has bought me a new ring. He has been a, an amazing husband, right? And yeah. there's no doubt in my mind that I am the one. I am his chosen one, right? Yeah. But those words... Mm-hmm. still exist 15 years later yep absolutely you know? i have i have a similar story really really quick before we go into this dope wife tip yeah. um so when i first had nova i uh, we were in the transition of getting new insurance and so we we have received our new insurance cards but i had the old insurance cards in my purse and so i had the new insurance also attached to an email and so um, Nova had an ear infection. I bring him to the doctor. They asked for insurance. I'm like, Oh yes, his insurance changed. Well, I don't have the card on me. And I'm not thinking at this time, Oh, I have the new ones in my email so I can just email them to her. Right. And so Edgar's with me and he says, what kind of mother are you? <gasps> when I tell you, Uh-oh. I was crushed Oh. I was, and mind you, this is okay. So we have a step baby, right? And so, yes, I was, I, I helped raise her since she was four, but this is my first child. And Nova's yeah. three, and I'm just at three months, and I'm still like trying to get in the swing of things, trying yeah. to find rhythm, right? Like, I'm a completely new mom, yeah. and he's not a new dad. And so, when he said those things, oh. my eyes immediately filled up and I'm like in front of the receptionist lady like trying to find and so now I'm flustered because I totally didn't think that I had my insurance card in my email and so now I'm just like I don't even want to continue with this appointment and so I give Nova to Edgar and I say you deal with it and I go in the car and I'm like bawling my eyes out and he realized the impact that that had on me and so he apologized. He was like, no, I'm so sorry that came off so wrong. And I, I didn't, mm-hmm. what have you. He tried to make it up with more words, right? But right. at that point, I'm like, your words mean nothing, nothing to me. Yes. There is nothing that you can say to me that is going to undo what you just said to me five minutes ago. And so we were, I was like, probably a long time, at least three months, like looking at him like, well, shit, I'm a horrible mom. So go ahead and you take care of it. Like I was petty to the max. Yes. I was was so hurt. I was so, so hurt. So yes, be careful on your words. On your words, for sure. You talk about some lingering effects of words. So hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Y'all uplifted in prayer so that they bending and, 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 and pray that there be a balm uh, at the Dixon house, at the Jones house, and that the yes. Lord works it out. Um, <laughs> wow. Y'all, this is um, such a rich topic. I really love talking about words just because I don't think it's something that we often consider the importance of or that we even really fully take the time to um, to evaluate, right, the way that we should, especially as wives. So, um, Adelise, uh, you want to hit us with some dope tips that, that can carry us out through the week? Yes. So, ladies, I have an actual question first before I hit you with the dope wife tip. What words, and I really would like if y'all would reflect and then get back to us, what words are you using to uplift your husband? So head over to our page on all of our platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and let us know for the ladies that are using some words. Give us some ideas. What, 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 what are you doing to uplift your husband? And the ones that are not or are the ones that we are struggling on trying to find the things, um, the good things to say about our husband, even the things that we may not love to find some kind of sweetness in him and try to affirm him versus tear him down. Those, I challenge you to find something to uplift him. 
whether that be a little cute post-it note on the mirror or a random text message throughout the day or honey you look good today or even if you if you're not in the routine of even just saying good morning babe like do something different that's gonna affirm him make him feel good bring him up versus tear him down be his cheerleader we would love to hear about how you accomplish this throughout the week so make sure you also again head over to all of our uh, platforms and let us know drop us a message or a comment and let you know let us know what you did to affirm him this week yes i'm excited i have to i'm excited to hear what they have to say because maybe yes. it's something that we can we can dupe <laughs> that we yep. can implement in our own relationships um so ladies i mean we can go all day on on this topic it's a good one uh i hope that you take uh take us up on this challenge and we hope to see you in the comments uh but i want to leave you with this as you continue to engage your husband remember as i always say your husband is your loved one remember this in all of your communication with him to avoid the emotional traps of engaging in negative communication that can cause trauma to your husband um, and severely damage your marriage relationship. You guys have heard the examples. Um, I got two dope wives in the house that's still working through uh, some lingering effects of, of words said. Uh, don't be the one to, be, to cause the injury if you can avoid it, ladies. Um, remember, it's your responsibility to do your part till death do you part. Y'all know we love you. We appreciate you. Love and we'll you. see y'all next time. Deuces out, ladies. Bye, y'all. This has been another episode of Three Dope Wives. Sis, we are so glad you took a minute to get real with us. Yep. Listen, I want you to know something. Every day a woman is married and a wife is made. Vows are exchanged and hopes arise. Mm -hmm. And every day a woman's dreams are crushed. Uh, let me tell you, crushed. Crushed <laughs> by the yep. reality of what marriage really is. True. Stay tuned with us and we will help you survive another day of this crazy, crazy, crazy married life. Crazy married life. I promise we will. Now, if you would like to submit a question or a topic of discussion, please send your request to 3dopewives at gmail.com. That's T-H-R-E-E, dopewives at gmail.com. And we'll see you again next time, girl. <laughs>